Hey, and welcome to the first episode of RCIA and uh, making the jump to Catholicism. My name's Steve. Uh, we're going to go through, um, well, really, we're going to go through uh, my story, basically. So I made the decision to become Catholic. Uh, it's been about two years now, and um, it's been something that's been life-changing, as I mean, as you could imagine. So this is really going to, this, this channel is basically to kind of give you guys a little bit of my background, a little bit of my story. Uh, actually, a lot of my story, and uh, kind of show you my thought process and what I went through in you know making this decision to to join the Catholic Church. So um, first and foremost, before we really get into the show, um, if you guys would join me, I would love if you would. If not, that's completely understandable as well. But I would like to um, say a prayer uh, just to guide my words so that I can help you guys out. Okay, here we go. <laughs> in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, please give me the, the, the words uh, as well as the strength and the patience and the understanding to be able to explain my journey to, that led me back to, to, the, to you. Um, this will talk about more about my, my struggles in that as well. Lord, give me the, the, the words to be able to explain my journey through becoming Catholic, um, even though I'm still in that journey. And... Um, and make me be able to help others to understand that journey. Thank you, Lord, and lead us through this process. In your precious, most gracious name we pray, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so first and foremost, um, like I said, my name's Steve. Um, I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm also uh, active duty military. So um, I've traveled around the world quite a bit. I've been to, oh, last count I think I was... Every continent, exactly, um, well, I guess, in, except for Antarctica and uh, Australia. I haven't been to those two, but everywhere else. Um, so I've seen quite a different, or quite a few different cultures, quite a few different places, and had my fair share of, uh, you know, seeing many different churches and been blessed with that opportunity. Um, so, first and foremost, I grew up. As in the Methodist Church, I started going to church when I was three years old. Uh, my parents divorced actually around that time I was three years old, and my great grandmother adopted me, um, which is really awesome. But as a legality, it's hilarious because if you really think about it, that makes me my own uncle. Because technically, my great grandmother adopting me would mean that she's my dad's grandmother and my grandpa's mom. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. Anyways, it's, it's a lot of fun to mess with people, really. So, um, anyways, she put me into the church, put me into the Methodist church, which, by the way, I love the Methodist church. I have nothing against them at all. Um, and uh, they, kind of, they took me in when I was three, and I started really getting involved in the church. Of course, when you're three, year old, three years old, you can't really do a lot. Um, but I was very interested, very into, you know, learning the Word and learning about God. And throughout the years, I, of course, became more and more and more involved. Um, and I grew up with uh, a, a preacher or you know, a reverend. Um, her name is Reverend Jennifer Charles, and she is such an awesome, awesome person. Um, and she took me under her wing. She uh, was the one that really, you know, helped me to to get more into the church and and become more involved. And during my time in the church, I actually was in what we called uh, a TAC club, which at the time was a Thursday afternoon class. 
or Thursday afternoon church. Um, I started uh, helping out with this club when I was about eight years old. Uh, I know kind of a big jump there. Um, and um, this really helped me to solidify, you know, a little bit more myself within the church. Um, and the really cool part about it is when, you know, I started helping out with this, uh, I was able to help out other kids because we'd have other kids come into the church and and they would come to the program and we'd go over, you know, different things, uh, different things throughout the Bible and, and use, I don't know if anybody else has ever heard of VeggieTales, but it's an awesome, awesome show. If you guys have never heard of it, you should totally watch it at some point because it's great. Um, so we would, we would watch that. We would have different fun nights. We would do crafts. Um, we would, you know, teach the kids. And I stayed with this program for years. I was, I think the last year that I was with it and before the program unfortunately stopped, um, was when I was 12 years old. Um, but the other cool thing about that church is that they had another program outside of that program, which was just an after-school program. But it was led by one of the greatest men that I've ever had the privilege of knowing, and his name is Bob McKinney. Bob um, was at one point a, a high school principal. Um, he, I think he actually retired from Indianapolis Public Schools as a high school um, principal. And he was very involved in the church and decided that he wanted to open this, prog- this program and actually, you know, kind of back up just a little bit because <laughs> totally didn't even tell you where I actually grew up. Um, so I grew up in the inner city. So the neighborhood I grew up in is, you know, or was one of the worst and as today is actually the worst area in the entire city of Indianapolis. Um, there's people that, you know, barely can get by. They don't have enough money for food. We have people living in the streets. Um, fortunately, um, you know, I, I didn't grow up with too much of, a, um, I guess, in, in such a poor lifestyle. Um, my, my grandmother, my mom, uh, was able to save money. She just, the basic reason that we were really there is because she didn't want to move out of there. She'd lived there for, at the time, 20 years. And it was just not in the cards for her to move out. And she's still there today. She's, she's a trooper. Um, but anyways, we, we lived there. And all the kids that went there um, were very poor and didn't have a good family life. And the biggest part of that program that we had at the church was to, was to bring them in uh, off the streets, give them something to do so they weren't getting in trouble, so that they weren't doing things that they shouldn't be doing. Um, we did homework help. We had like a computer lab in there. We had a gym. There's about 15 of us that helped out with the program that actually worked the program and that were, you know, blessed with that opportunity to have an influence on those kids' lives. And I mean, yes, I was a kid as well. But, you know, helping out the younger generation compared to me, you know, which was only about five or six years, but still, you know, it meant a lot. I stayed with that program for... <laughs> Wow, I was there for quite a while. Uh, I became a paid employee because I actually paid their employees. It was it was a real um, benefit to the city. Um, but they paid their employees. I became a paid employee when I was 14 and uh, stayed there until I was huh, uh, in my 20s, I think, around the time. Uh, and, you know, helped out with the program and, and helped teach drama because that's one of the things that I'm actually very involved with uh, singing and uh, just hung up with the kids and, uh, and helped them with homework and stuff like that. So 
during that time, I went to um, the, the church in Indianapolis, the South Indiana Conference has. Um, basically, it's like it's a camp program. And every single summer, from the time I believe I was eight or nine, the church would sponsor me because, of course, we couldn't afford to send me to this, but they would sponsor me to send me to this camp. And this camp, number one, would take me out to, you know, take it. Basically, there's two different camps. You had a cabin camp and a pioneer camp. The, ca- the cabin camp is exactly what it sounds like. It was a cabin camp. Um, so you had all the luxuries of living inside <laughs> with running water and bathrooms. But if you went to the pioneer camp, which is one I loved, you actually stayed in a, a, a Hogan is what we called it. But it was a tent built for about eight people. Um, so there, we had cots and we would put our put our... Uh, sleeping bag out on that and and spend the week out there we cooked over an open fire um we washed just dishes and uh like we take some water and take a cap full of bleach and that's how we washed our dishes and then rinse them off and put them back and and man i learned the biggest valuable lesson there about buck spray holy cow so indiana indiana has like a lot of mosquitoes um i also learned to respect the wilderness while i was there so in all of this, everything that I ever did in that church, I felt as though I was led by God. Um, and I still, to this, to this day, every decision I make, um, I, I make sure and try to... Now, before I say this, I, I fail many times at this. And I'll be the first to tell you that I am not, you know, the best Christian. I'm not. I, and I don't think that anybody can honestly say that. Um, you know, that, that um, they obey everything. Because it's almost impossible. Nobody's perfect. I mean, the only person that was ever perfect was Jesus. And he, you know, he's the only one. The rest of us, you know, that's that's something we struggle with all the time is trying to live up to his example and trying to live up to to what God wants us to do. But everything that I've, you know, done in my life, I feel like I've been led by God and I make sure and try to get him in every decision that I make. Um, But like I was saying, I went to the camp every year. Uh, and, and after a few years, I actually started becoming a counselor. And uh, one of the biggest things that happened to me during the time was I met, a, I met this, this kid. Um, and I hate to say this, but I can't remember his name now. But um, it, was, it was one summer, and I, was, and I was working at a camp, and it was an arts camp. So we did drum, we did music. And... Um, this kid walked in, and he was in, well, emo clothes, basically, which, you know, is fine, um, but he came in, he was dressed in all black, um, had big chains and stuff like that, and, and he walked in there, and he did not look like he wanted to be there. He looked like his mom or dad told him he had to be there, and I don't know what it was, but as I was sitting there and watching him come up to, you know, for his parents to sign the papers and everything else for him to stay for the week. I just knew that that was a kid that I needed to talk to that week. That was a kid that I needed to, you know, be a mentor, be an influence on. And I felt God just tugging, telling me, hey, this is where you need to go. This is who you need to talk to. So I spent that whole week, um, you know, talking to him and talking to him about the word. And... And being there for him, just for him to talk. And by the end of that week, um, this kid was 
not the person that walked in <laughs> that first that Sunday. Um, he accepted Jesus Christ into his life, and in, in the uh, the last service that we had, the Vesper service we had every night. And uh, what was crazy is he thanked me, you know. But in on, in all honesty, it wasn't me. And I told him this. I was like, "Well, it's not, it's not me that you need to thank." I just did the, what I was told. You know, I just, it, it, I give it all to God. But you know, what was really awesome, like truly awesome, is the next year, I did that same camp. And that same kid showed up. But this kid that walked up to me was wearing like a blue polo, some khakis. And he walked up with his little sister and told her, you need to talk to that guy because he's the one that helped me and that right there that just warmed my heart <laughs> it, was, it was crazy it, it really was um, so I mean you're probably wondering first and foremost why am I telling you all this so I think it's important to understand where I'm coming from as a um, previous Methodist um why, you know, why I feel like I should leave, or not leave, but, you know, convert to Catholicism, or why I, I had that pull to do that. You know, because the, the Methodist Church was awesome. Like, it was great. There was never a time where I even questioned anything in there. Well, we're going to get into that. <laughs> so, you know, this... The church I went to was called Brookside United Methodist. Um, if you guys look it up, it's still there. Um, it's not a United Methodist anymore, but it's still in the city. Um, and there was something that led to the downfall of the church there. Um, like I said, you know, I worked at the after-school program. I did the camps. I was very involved in the church. I was the youth um, youth advisor in the church council. Um you know, I was I was like the go-to for the, the, the youth at the church. And all the way up until I was 18 years old, um, we went every Sunday, unless, you know, something was going on, or I was sick, or, you know, we were out of town. We went every single Sunday, and, you know, I, I love that church. I still love that church. I love the people in that church. People in that church are the ones that made me who I am, because, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a kid. Well, they definitely did, along with my grandma. Um, about 18 years old, we got this new preacher. Reverend Jenny um, moved, and she gets into a different church on, you know, in the west in western Indiana. We got this new preacher, and um, she came in, and immediately she's so much different. And don't get me wrong, I know you shouldn't, you know, judge a church or a religion by who you're being led, but it's almost impossible to do that. I've seen people leave churches left and right because of that. But it wasn't because of her style that I left. Um, anyway, so she had been there for a few months, and the people that I told you about, Bob McKinney, well, Bob McKinney was joined by... Um, two other people that led the program 
Dina and Paula. Those two ladies are some of the most amazing and loving people in this world. And they would bend over backwards, do anything for you just to make sure that you had what you needed. Well, unfortunately, uh, the, new, the new pastor that came in didn't see it that way. She um, believed that the program itself um, was not living up to the potential that it could have and that they were running or ruining the program. These people that have been running that program for 20 years were ruining the program. And she wanted to take it and take it over. Well, there was a number of us in the church that disagreed on this, and there was a number of the church that took her side. Now, something I need to tell you about Bob is Bob was a very rough-around-the-edges kind of guy, but he's the biggest teddy bear in the world. Um, and if you didn't know how to take him, then you're probably going to take offense to some of the things that he would tell you. And that's what happened is she made those people that took offense to the way he came off. And she basically got them on her side. And long story short, it came to the point where she wanted to let go. She wanted to fire all three of them. Um, and she got the board members on her side to fire them. And I basically told them, I was like, well, you know, I've been going to this church since I was three years old. I'm now 18. And I don't see this as right. Number one, I don't see bringing politics into a church as a great thing to do. And um, they decided that they were going to do it anyways. And they fired her. So you guys are probably asking the same question I asked a long time ago. is Why would they fire these people that have been running that program for 20 years? That still boggles my mind. So after this happened, it caused a divide in the church. Um, 30 or so people left and, um, and went to different churches. And the group that was for it stayed there, of course. Um, my mom and I left and went with a few other people to start. Uh, well, actually, they really did. They started a church, um, a non-denominational church in a park at the community center. We started going there. We went there for a few years. Um, but it was just sad. And, um, of course, we're going to go into this more in the next episode of why, you know. Or, uh, well, you already know why. <laughs> but we're going to go into more of what happened after that, my 10-year hiatus from the church. Um, you know, it was, just, it, it was crazy to me that, that that could happen in the church. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, these are all people of God. These are all people that, you know, that care for each other. And... The way that they were treated and the way things happened was not people that cared for each other. And it brought politics into a place that there should never be politics. There should never be bickering between people or or things that happened the way they did. I totally disagreed with the whole situation and I stuck to my word and I left. Um, so we're going to go, the next episode, we're going to go into my 10-year hiatus. Um, we're also going to talk a little bit more about the Methodist Church and the belief system and how it correlates and how it's really close to the um, to Catholicism, um, being that it's only like, I think, second away from Catholic ch the Catholic Church. You know, the only one closer would be the Lutheran Church. Um, so we'll talk about that. 
as well as, um, like I said, the 10-year hiatus and how I got back. So I, I really hope that you've enjoyed this, uh, and I would really awesome, like, I would, it would be amazing if you guys would subscribe. Um, like I said, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to talk about the whole thing, um, and even current, like, present time, what's going on with RCIA, because I'm currently in it. I'm currently going through the whole process of uh, converting over to Catholic. Um, so yeah, I really hope to have you join me. Um, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try and do it every Tuesday. That's going to be my, uh, my committed day that I'm going to hit you guys up with this episode. So again, um, I hope you've enjoyed this and I hope it's been a little eye opening on my side. Um, and I hope you guys have a great week and hope to see you back here again. Um, and if you would oblige me, I would like to do a, uh, um, closing prayer and then I'm going to sign off. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, please um, watch over all my listeners, watch over me as we go through this week, um, and um, help us to be true to your word, and help us to learn and understand and, and be strong and, um, and lead a faithful life, Lord Jesus. Thank you, God, for your many blessings, and uh, forgive us our sins, Lord Jesus. In your precious, most glorious name we pray, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, guys, it's been a pleasure, uh, and I hope to see you guys back here next week, and uh, have a great week. God bless.